0: Everybody, and welcome to the Transportation and Logistics Podcast powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humblebee Enterprises. I am very excited to be here with a special guest. We have Evo, who is the co-founder and CEO of Powerhouse AI. And before we begin, the Dispatcher's Guide to the Galaxy is available now as an ebook and physical book. You can acquire your copy online from barnesandnoble.com or Amazon. And if you're into eBooks, I'd advise you to go over to Apple Books to get your copy now. Uh, but look, without further ado, Evo, my guy, thank you so much for joining me here on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. And for those who may not have interacted with you in the past, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into logistics, brother.
1: Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me, Jory. It's uh, it's a great to be here. A um, little bit of my background. So, this is my second business, Powerhouse AI. I started another one right out for after university, uh, then worked as a after did that for about four years, then worked as a consultant, also worked as a manager of a business incubator. And in 2020, I I visited Italy for holiday and after that, I was I was just reflecting on on you know my current job or at that time current job, and I was like, do I really want to continue doing this for the next twenty to thirty years? And my answer was no. And I always wanted to start another business, and I decided to 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 quit my job, and uh, apply to an entrepreneurship program, uh, Entrepreneur First, uh, moved to Singapore, participated in that program found my co-founder there and that's also where powerhouse ai got started that was at the beginning of 2021. um another question you asked how did you get into logistics so for it it's mainly because of the expertise actually from my co-founder kushal so kushal was uh, head of r d at a robotics company uh, here in singapore and he so lots of knowledge on, where, on like on robotics, uh, also warehouse robotics, and one of his core conclusions was that for a lot of warehouses, robotics is either still too expensive or just not flexible enough. So we were like, how can we give robotic-grade type of technology in the hands of people in order to make people more productive? And that's how we, uh, that's how, how we ended up in the, in the logistics uh, sector.
0: Oh, awesome, man! And again, it's a pleasure to have you here on stage. So thank you again for accepting the invitation. And uh, as far as the robotics piece, man, no, I agree. I had the pleasure of attending Modex 2022 here in the Atlanta area last year, and it was my first time going to such a huge trade show that was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. catered to warehousing. But the amount of vendors who had robotics or some robotic aspect it was it was it was it was eye-opening i wasn't expected to be that yeah. much but it was that was everybody's uh presentation was how they're into robotics now but you know i didn't have a reason to ask the price i bet it was pricey <laughs> yeah
1: it's still it's still i mean robotics definitely has a spot and it's it's also it's, it's it's on the rise a lot and robots become more flexible become cheaper uh, but there are also a lot of warehouses, logistics companies that, for example, have a lot of movement of different goods, right? Or are bound to certain clients for a couple of years, then have other clients. And uh, many times the business case is just not feasible. And that's where we want to come in. Or what we think we believe our unique selling point is, is that it is an asset-light type of solution that, uh, that can be implemented relatively quickly uh, and, and gives you a lot of productivity gains.
0: Yes, sir. Well, look, I'm very excited to be able to talk about Powerhouse AI. And you mentioned that you met your co-founder basically at the type of facility, the program that is encouraging the next level of entrepreneurship, especially is mostly for things that had not been done before. And how can mm-hmm. we get in on the ground level to really support these young entrepreneurs? And, uh, yep. you know, for, for you, what is it meant to you being part of the Y Combinator, you know, and I, I wanted to know, like, yeah. what are the challenges that has been a part of that? Also, what are the opportunities?
1: Yeah, so we indeed did YC after Entrepreneur First. So EF is really for people who like who do not have a business yet. Um, and YC is for uh, once you are a little bit a little bit further. So we did that um, about half a year, three quarters of a year after after EF. It has been incredibly valuable. Actually, both programs, EF and and YC. Starting a business is really, really hard and nobody builds a business alone. So having a network you can tap into and people that are much brighter than I am, uh, just to chat to, that's that's amazing. Uh, And I've learned a lot from that and I'm actually still still learning a lot from that. Uh, One of the core takeaways Um, as both both from EF and NYC is that a lot of my close friends here in Singapore are founders. um, And uh, we are having chats almost on a daily basis on how to run a business, certain issues that we are facing. So that has been incredibly valuable. So both knowledge and network. Uh, Secondly, uh, NYC also comes with a certain reputation, right? Um, I think you can compare it Although I've not studied at an Ivy League university in, in the US because I'm originally from from the Netherlands. But I think you can compare it with an Ivy League, um, you know, like a diploma. Uh, it, it, it's incredibly helpful for fundraising. It gets you a foot in the door.
0: Yes, sir. It makes perfect sense. And I do like the analogy because part of going to an Ivy League school is the network that you get and how many doors are open just by way of you being a part of a certain institution. So, no, great analogy. All right, tell us about Powerhouse AI. Uh, What solutions are you guys bringing to the industry?
1: Yep. first, give you a little bit of background. And I guess uh, most people here in the room, um, uh, they're quite familiar with warehousing. But uh, we've seen that warehouse workers spend a lot of time counting and checking stuff in the warehouse, uh, whether that is you know, counting the number, number of goods that are coming in at receiving, um, uh, checking delivery orders, keying in information into a warehouse management system. Actually, most warehouse tasks have some kind of counts or checks in it. because in the end, warehousing is all about picking, packing and storing the right items in the right quantity as efficiently as possible. So what we do is we use the power of a camera to eliminate these tasks and uh, support the warehouse um, uh, to, to cut labor and improve accuracy. Um, as some examples uh, with our technology, we've proven uh, to, to cut about 30% of time out of inbound and stock take processes, for example. And uh, that's really our, our sweet spot. So that's that's a high level overview. So if we go a little bit deeper on what does it now actually look like in practice. So we have built a tool that runs on a mobile device that uses the power of the camera to automate counting and checking tasks in the warehouse. Think of automatically counting the number of goods on, or the number of boxes on a pallet, or reading documentation, um, or cross-checking whatever we see with the camera, with the documentation, with your WMS system in order for you to to know if you've received the right goods, sending out the right goods, or if you have stored the right goods in, uh, in in uh, in your warehouse. So that's, it's, it's, it's a tool um, that really streamlines your core warehouse processes and uses the camera to make, uh, uh, to, to, to achieve that.
0: Okay. Everybody these days has a camera right there on their person. So I'm very excited to be able to like break down what you just described in that very, very high level overview of the solutions that you guys are providing. Uh, but first, even more high level, you've already entered the market in the sense that you have clients that you've already found value with, that you've already provided mm-hmm. a whole bunch of value. Quickly, what are those major institutions that are your current customers?
1: Yeah, yeah. One of our first is actually uh, one of the major logistics providers here uh, from the Singapore government, uh, ST Logistics. Uh, also, here working with DHL. Uh, DSV, um, Toll Group. So a lot of uh, large, uh, large named uh, like 3PL companies doesn't mean that we only focus on like the very large multinational 3PL companies. Our, our sweet spot, I would say, are like the companies that would have most value from our technology. Um, are are uh, I would say the medium, medium to large uh, logistics providers or companies that manage their own warehousing.
0: Yeah, sir. Yeah, I want to get into that as well. Just the range of the customers who would be ideal for your solutions. But the fact that you're leading off with at least two of the world's top five logistics providers being your customers right now, I think that is a a great use case to say what you guys are able to do, especially at the enterprise level. Tonight's discussion is entitled, How Can AI Be Used to Empower Our Dock Workers? And Mm -hmm. I know that since November 2022, with OpenAI's release of ChatGPT, AI and its usage in the very foundation of our everyday lives has been the talk of every conference and every happy hour mixer Mm -hmm. across the world. So, you know, now that we're in the age of big data, which you would know, especially from your previous gigs, the things that you've done in the past. Um, how has AI personally helped you in those previous roles, you know, before you decided that it was worth building a whole mm-hmm. company around it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people don't, don't, don't realize, but have been using AI for years and years already. It's not, not really something, something new. It only has evolved into something that kind of awes people in a positive way. Way right um, with Chat GPT, it's it almost feels like magic, but we have all been using. I've also been using Google Translate, for example, right? It's also a form of AI, or when you open your iPhone um, and, 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 and things like Phase ID, that's also AI. Now, my previous job, I've done software projects um, where AI was a big component to analyze data. Um, I had to 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 provide recommendations in this case of regulatory changes in in, in the sector based on the type of company that, that I was I was working for. So AI always has has had a spot um, in 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 the roles I I did.
0: What was your earliest exposure to AI being a viable solution in the warehouse environment? Was that with mm-hmm. you getting in touch with your co-founder?
1: Uh yes. Yes, although AI, so for us, it was from the beginning already. Ah, AI might be, or probably is, uh, like a great way to solve some of the pains that we had seen. Uh, So AI to us really is a means to an end and not an end. Uh, But we had seen that warehouse workers spend a lot of time checking, counting, uh, that it's error-prone, time-consuming, and um, AI was just a logical solution for us
0: yes sir yes sir and look how would you define ai powered vision technology uh what does that mean to you in your own words
1: it's another way of saying computer vision and what does computer vision mean it's actually a way to kind of interpret and understand the visual world right Um, computer vision is a part of ai that uses images to either you know recognize stuff uh, to detect stuff to uh, that could be events or objects um uh, that, that, that's how i would define ai computer uh, ai powered vision vision tech
0: okay 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 yeah and you know it's uh, interesting i want to talk a little bit more about that as the conversation progresses but that's huge in this day and age i've talked to so many different software creators and You know, folks who are launching businesses based around that very thing, they want to be able to utilize images to tell a story to streamline processes and uh, the way that you guys are doing it, I would say that the way in which you have developed your technology, it probably has way more crossovers in the use cases that I've seen as a dispatch company, um, than you know, we've really talked about already, but um yeah so i'm I'm very excited about what you guys have going on and when it comes to the process of receiving goods off Mm -hmm. of a trailer like in this day and age what does the process look like on average and i say on Mm -hmm. average because it really just depends on the warehouse and the sophistication of the infrastructure so you know on average what is that process like
1: yeah exactly I mean, it, 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 it all starts with the delivery coming in, right? Let's say a truck uh, um, coming to the dock um, and providing the, the inbound operators with, uh, with, with a certain number of pallets and a packing list, right? Or delivery order, I should say. So th- that's the start. Then what then happens is that people check, uh, like did I receive the right goods in, in the right quantity? So if have your, your delivery order. Uh, and every pallet is being, being checked. Okay, do I have the right SKU numbers, right number of cartons, perhaps some other data points that are being checked. And for some that could be serial numbers, lot numbers, um, and you name it. Um, and after that has been, uh, so sometimes there might even be a step of labeling going on as well, if pallets are not labeled or labels are not, not compatible. Uh, after all of that has been done, um, and they often go to, to uh, pallets will most, most often be, be put away. Uh, by by somebody on a forklift uh, in parallel to that uh, the packing slip will go to uh, either an admin department um, uh, To be keyed into the WMS or if the warehouse uses Parcode uh, scanners uh, then that has likely been done automatically. But in general, it's like that like uh, like unloading checking labeling and put away
0: right right man and just thinking about my time working in a warehouse environment there was always a lot going on internally so you know there were forklifts heading everywhere folks with pallet jacks that was moving left and right lots of beeping lots of noise and you know i'm in georgia i'm in i'm in the southeast of the the united states so it can get warm so weather conditions could also exasperate whatever was going on which basically added more variables to deal with it's hot and sticky it's a loud it's a it's a a lot of traffic going on and you know ultimately you could say that those are all more distractions that can lead to errors this receiving process uh what were some of the potential failure points that you know powerhouse ai identified where the errors could occur or yes sir unfortunately that is the truth but you know that's something that we as warehouse owners workers and uh you know folks we just have to we we have to plan and account for that. So the fact that this is an opportunity to mitigate it is awesome. But how does it do it automatically? How does powerhouse AI automatically mitigate these failure points?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you an example. Let's let's indeed take the uh, the process in mind that that I just described. So that starts with a with a paper delivery order uh, in this case, um, and So what we do is after you receive your goods after you've unloaded your goods and you've received your delivery order after that uh, we make the inbound process as easy as taking pictures so what happens first you take a picture of your delivery order what we do is we process it and we transform it into structured data what does that mean think excel sheet for example what we then do is that the warehouse operator can then take pictures of the pallets so one by one, take pictures of the pallets. What we then do is like we check the label. So eh, we identify the skew, but we can also extract other data points like expiry date, serial number, lot number. It doesn't matter. It even doesn't require a barcode. So that's what we use to identify the good. Then based on that picture, we also count the number of boxes. That's enough information for us to then compare it to the delivery order and see like, okay, here and here and here are discrepancies. Once that is known, we send the report to the admin department or we directly push it into the WMS system. Right,
0: right, right. Well, look, thank you for breaking that down at a granular level. I really want people to see how essentially it's a simple process, but it's a fix to the process that they are to have to count boxes. And sometimes it was hard. It was hard. It was strenuous. Uh, you know, it was a labor. That's what it was. I was sweating, you know? So, yeah. you know, if this is something that can um, aid a dock worker, somebody who's unloading or loading multiple trucks, multiple trailers, now that you say it's more so camera-based, how would the mm-hmm. dock worker in a warehouse deploy the powerhouse AI solution in their everyday role? Like, how does it look uh, mm-hmm. from the perspective? Is it is it, mm-hmm. you know, the, a scanner or is it something with their phone? What's going on?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's a mobile device, so it could be a mobile phone. Uh, it could also be a more advanced um, warehouse device. I think certain zebras with, uh, that, are, that, are, uh, that look like a phone, so to say. Um, so that's, that's actually the only thing the warehouse worker has, has in his hands. Um, with respect to uh, how can it be used, how can it be implemented, Um, We really pride ourselves of it being asset light, but also relatively quick to implement. So what we need to know, first of all, is uh, what use case do you wanna wanna solve? So is that inbound, is that stock take, is that outbound, uh, or is it all three of them, all possible? And then we work together with the warehouse to digitize that workflow. Uh, As you said at the beginning, every warehouse has slightly different processes. So we wanna make sure that our technology fits into that process instead of the other way around. So once we have configured that uh, technology, it's, and, and we have gathered some data from the WMS, which we leverage, then warehouses are, are good to go uh, and good to use it. It's also optional, for example, to connect with the WMS and that makes it even easier to implement the solution. So we can either directly connect to it with an API uh, or we do not connect to it, and then we provide provide the uh, uh, the client with a report that can easily be uploaded into the WMS um, if uh, if that is uh, if that is required.
0: Mm, got you. All right. So yeah, that makes sense. I'm happy that you mentioned that because on the shipping side of things, so where the warehouse that has the solution implemented is the shipper, they are the ones that are getting. Lows together, they're getting orders ready and it would be the same exact way. I'd imagine, which is yep. you have this, this camera that you can take a picture of. Um, it could be a barcode, but more so just the identifiers on the pallet and an image of the pallet itself, just to make sure that it goes in line with what stated by the WMS what's supposed to be at that time and the quantity. Is that correct?
1: Yep. Correct.
0: Okay. Okay. Correct. Yep. Okay. You know, and the funny thing is um, it just makes me think about just the warehouse environment as a whole. And, you know, just like where a lot of warehouses are today. It makes me think about while in 2022 and I guess even still today that many of the major retailers in the U S you know, they were plagued by the, Carrying costs associated with excessive inventory. But that was the perfect storm that created that. I mean, it was a pandemic. It was multiple rounds of stimulus checks, you know, or the kids say STEMIs, you know, whichever you wanted to (laughs) say. And, you know, and people just having time to purchase goods. And it was the shipping boom, which caused a whole bunch of delays. And now to mitigate that from happening, these major uh, retailers. They order so many goods, heavy on the front end, that they're still carrying. You know, it makes mm-hmm. me ask: since powerhouse AI is able to plug into the uh, WMS that mm-hmm. is servicing the warehouse, um, does your service play a role in demand forecasting and maybe even inventory management?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Indeed, uh, we've we've really, or I've really been focusing on, you know, like. Highlighting the productivity effects, but the effects are are more than just that. Um, that's also accuracy, increasing accuracy. And uh, we all know if your inventory accuracy is 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 low, it has a lot of downstream effects. Exactly as you said, like inefficient space utilization, write-offs, um, goods being shipped out late, and in the end, unhappy customers. Right, and that's also what we what we contribute uh, contribute to. Um, so that's 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 very important uh, to us. With respect to um, a predictive analysis and demand analysis, we we indirectly focus on that. So the tool, uh, first of all, focuses on you know increasing accuracy, but it can also focus on extracting data points that you might not have in your WMS. Right? Uh, a lot of warehouses will have, or actually most warehouses will have, the SKU numbers uh, in the um, uh, uh, in, in their WMS. But it could be that on the carton, certain other data points are printed that could be relevant. Um, uh, we have seen it at Unilever, for example, they have their dimensions printed on, on the WMS, uh, sorry, on the carton. Uh, but sometimes the warehouse does not have that data or the data is not accurate. So they can actually use our technology uh, not only to extract the SKU number, but also um, other printed text on the carton like dimensions. And that we can push back into the WMS so they can use those dimensions in the end to um, more efficiently allocate space. Um, or they can use uh, the data or other data points that, that we push into the WMS to uh, f- for, for predictive uh, uh, analysis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And um, I'm happy that we're able to cover that. And I know that you mentioned like you have to consider the warehouses operation um, on the front end to make sure that, you know, this is, this is adding value that is connecting to the real situation. And that means integration for the most part. And what are some of the warehouse management systems that you feel like are seamless to integrate with? Like, do you have any favorites? I mean, I don't Mm. want to catch you up, (laughs) but do you have any that you know is a a very streamlined process?
1: I mean, for us, it's very important that, in principle, we can connect with, with any as long as they have a cloud-based API. So that's, that's very important uh, for us. And then, then it doesn't matter that much. Um, we're, for example, working with SAP now or part of their startup program in order to get a, get an integration with them as well. But in principle, we do not have um, we do not have a preference as long okay. as there is a cloud-based API.
0: Okay. And uh, when it comes to the levels of integration, what's the bare minimum so that you guys can just do your job and technology can work versus the full mm-hmm. shebang enterprise solutions offer? Like, yep. Can you talk about those service levels?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So... In principle, we do not need any integration, but what we do need is some kind of data from the WMS. So let's say we take the inbound as an example. Um, If you do not have a paper packing slip, which is perfectly fine, I hope most don't, um, then we need to know what is expected at inbound in order to give you a proper reconciliation report, right? So we need to know what SKUs you expect in what quantity. Um, Otherwise, we cannot cannot tell you if there are any discrepancies. So that's one. Secondly, what we do leverage as well, um, without going too much into detail, is the dimensions of cartons um, that the warehouse is handling. Um, Why do we do that? So our, our technology has two ways of counting the number of boxes on a pallet. One way could be by taking just one picture of one side of the pallet and the other way is to take pictures of two sides of the pallet. So um, for, for a lot of warehouses, it's only possible to take a picture of one side, especially when you're talking about cycle count or stock take when goods are in the rack. Uh, but that means we have to work with quite limited information in order to get to a count, And that's where we leverage uh, uh the, the the dimensions of of a cart and so that would be another data point that we require and that we can get directly from the wms with an api uh, but it could also be as simple as just getting an extract uh, from your wms and sending it to our system or uploading it into our system yes sir yes sir
0: okay and look you guys have these major players who you are providing these services for already i heard you say dhl i heard you say DSV. i heard you say the military there in singapore and a few other marquee companies and with these case studies uh what do they say about the efficiencies and the savings these organizations have found once Mm -hmm. they implemented the powerhouse ai tools
1: yeah exactly um So for DSV, for example, or for ST Logistics here in Singapore, uh, they were both focused or are both focused on the inbound process. Uh, For them, the the time savings was about 29%. So 29% cut into the inbound process. Um, Mm. Even even more exciting, actually, uh, is is the case at uh, DHL, um, where we have done a benchmark two weeks ago for cycle count and uh, cycle counting of boxes on shelves. So not palletized goods, but boxes on shelves, where we have used our new, so it's called bulk scanning technology. And that was 36% quicker than a conventional zebra or Honeywell scanning solution. So that was really excited.
0: Oh, awesome, man. Oh, that's, that's a huge win for your organization, especially the fact that you guys are, you know, one of the newer players on the street—that's disruptive, even.
1: Yeah, it's it's very it's very significant, and I, I, like the Zebra technology, Honeywell technology, and in principle, barcode technology comes from the 60s and 70s, right? Um, and and in between, there has been 50 years of innovation, and we believe that with the power of the camera. Um, yeah, the, these, type of, these type of devices can, ma- can be made a whole lot smarter. And yeah, we've seen with our technology, you simply point your camera at like a, a stack of, let's say 20 boxes and we scan, we scan all the information from the label literally in milliseconds of all these boxes in one go. So you don't need to like press the scanning button 20 times. No, it's literally done by, by pointing the camera.
0: Right now, as of today, who is your ideal customer? Who's the mm-hmm. end user that you feel like powerhouse AI can bring value to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think what, what is very important is, uh, is a customer who wants to change, who is open to change. Um, I think that's, that's very important uh, because it's, a, it's a new technology. Uh, secondly, um. Logistics companies, right? like companies that manage their own warehouse operations. Uh, we are in general focusing on mid to large size warehouses, let's say about uh, like more than 50,000 square feet um, that have a WMS system in place with proper data. Right? Like, and then we're talking about the data points that I just talked about, so and neatly organized. Okay, what are the SKUs stored in the warehouse? At what quantities? Um, including, uh, dimensions of cartons that would be the ideal customer. If, if customers do not have box dimensions that we can work with them to, to, to get it into the WMS system so that, uh, those customers can also fully utilize our, our capabilities, but in short, yeah, mid to large size warehouses, um, that handle, uh, cartonized type of goods.
0: Okay. 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 I feel like we're, we're coming towards the end of the conversation, you know, just because I feel as though we, from my perspective, um, we've covered a good amount, but you know, if I haven't mentioned something or a feature or something that you guys are doing today that you feel like is very, very pertinent that the folks would uh, want to hear about, or you at least want to tell them about, um, you know, feel free to just let me know.
1: I think we've covered uh, we've covered a whole lot. I think in general, what 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 would be the takeaway is that we we offer an application that is very flexible, adapts to the warehouse environment and uses the power of the camera to to automate counting and checking, um, counting goods, interpreting documents, interpreting labels. and yeah we 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 work with the customers to make it work for for their particular process. Yes, sir. And look, you
0: live on the cutting edge. Like You guys are operating out there on the edge of tomorrow with utilizing AI and just being in that environment, that Y Combinator and that networking. Now your friends are all founders and looking how to disrupt the industry. Uh, Are there any trends, any technologies, any any other things that we should be paying attention to in the supply chain space? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah apart from of course of course robotics that we that we talked about before I think for for most warehouses um, uh, the most important thing will be to better utilize data uh, to to be honest uh, first of all to gather more data and secondly to put that data to work uh, to use some of the analytics tools that are out there in order to uh, automate put away for example or to to better do slotting so uh, we're all and we're all talking about robotics and full automation, but that doesn't work if the data foundation is not correct. So I'd, I'd, I'd really say like, okay, most where I should probably first focus on, on getting their data foundation right um, before thinking uh, about, uh, about robotics. And, Then if you have that, there are a lot of really cool stuff that you can uh, you can do Um, one thing where where I think it could go and where we might go in in the long term is uh, utilizing that data that we gather to to kind of create a virtual warehouse manager that can in real time guide uh, warehouse workers, robots, equipment uh, to do and uh, to do exactly at uh, the most efficient task so let's say you have your you have an inbound uh, order for example um, it will automatically tell you okay put it there um, it will automatically yeah, with camera solution check like the type of goods that are coming in check for discrepancies will automatically select uh, the, the 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 right slot um, really like a warehouse manager in in hand uh, that can adapt to current situations uh, immediately.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh,
1: that is awesome. And I'm looking
0: forward to learning more about that, seeing it in real time. You talked about AI-powered vision technology, how you guys are leveraging it today. Do you see it growing in the next decade? And if so, how do you see it
1: growing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I think it definitely will. So we now have, like, the, uh, like our, our warehouse workers currently really working with at uh, the camera in their hand, for example, um, but I see more and more utilization of the cameras that are already in the warehouse or by additional cameras that are being put in the warehouse in order to get real-time visibility of goods, but also of people and equipment. And if you know where everyone is, and you know what has to be done during that day and uh, what orders need to be shipped out, then you can, in the most optimal way, allocate uh, all these resources within the warehouse to most efficiently run your operations. So that's really what I, what I just wanted to say. Like uh, Using the power of the camera to get a real-time image of what is going on, uh, combine that with what is expected to be done during that day, and like calculate and use AI in order to uh, most efficiently allocate all these stakeholders within that warehouse?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I, I have something I'm, I want to share with you offline. <laughs> something <laughs> just popped in my mind. I was like, I yeah, tell this, brother. Um, but look, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah, that's basically it. That's what I had for today. You know, again, I'm very, very, very appreciative that you are here to highlight Powerhouse AI. Um, if, brother, if there's anything that I can do to push this, I will. I definitely believe in what you guys have going on. And uh, thank you. Is there anything you want to say before we close out?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me as well. For everyone who is listening, who is interested to uh, to try the solution, or to chat about their specific use cases and just get in touch, visit us at www.powerhouseai.com uh, and we can arrange for, for either a POC or a pilot or just a, just a high level chat on your specific use case to explore if we can be a fit uh, to improve your processes.
0: All right, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you again, brother. And uh, everybody tune in on Monday as we partner up with BrightWave Sonar team Monday morning 730 Eastern Standard Time where we'll tell you about the market about where you should position your trucks to take advantage of the market um, We've been hosting this session with Freightway Sonar team for at least the last two years every single Monday um, so yeah, very excited to uh, To have that one. But look again Evo my guy you have a blessed one and thank you again, sir
1: Thank you so much, Jory. Have a great evening. You too, sir. Peace. Okay